Marriage is hard. It's something we go into so excited, but often end up leaving on the back burner. We believe in a 1 Corinthians 13 type of love, one that takes intentionality and purpose. A good marriage is not something that happens by accident. So it's our hope that you leave feeling inspired to have some new topics of conversations with your spouse through listening to our talks here. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jaren. And this is Marriage on Purpose. Want to hear your questions answered on our listener questions episode? Send in your questions to marriageonpurposepodcast at gmail.com. All questions will be anonymous. We can't wait to hear from you. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to episode three. Officially on episode three. So exciting. Yeah, this is really cool. We've enjoyed doing this. If you're still listening, thank you. We are going to jump right into it. We're going to talk about our question from last week um, and then just dive in. From last week, we had a question. Is it normal to want a lot of alone time in marriage? Is it? Don't know. (laughs) We started touching on this at the end of the last episode. We'll kind of dive a little bit deeper But I think, personally, I think it can be normal. I often want a lot of alone time in our marriage, and I feel like we are, we still enjoy being together, we still enjoy our times together, but I still want that alone time. So I think it's important to look at the health of your marriage first. Are you wanting alone time because you're trying to get away from your spouse, or are you wanting alone time to recharge and fill back up? Because some of us are just introverts, and I am a low-energy person, and I'm around high-energy kids all day long, so naturally, I need some low energy before I'm just ready to dive into conversation with my husband when he gets home from his job. So I think there are times when it can be normal, but it's important to kind of look at the root of why you're needing that alone time and make sure it's a healthy reason. Yeah, I'd agree. That's a good answer. I think if you're trying to escape and you want alone time because you're annoyed or something like that, it's okay to take a minute and get away, take some time, take a couple hours, go do something that you want to do. But if you're avoiding something, you should always circle back around to that. Don't bury that down but all on the other side of the coin when you're just overstimulated by kids all day long or by work all day long and you just like need to decompress for a minute i think that's okay Mm -hmm. that's fine yeah every human is different now if you're going to go a long time like hey i need a whole evening once a week to myself where i'm just not helping with the kids not helping with the house i just have to get away and be alone that might seem like a bit much. I think it's important to agree. Don't just like have expectations in your head of how much alone time you need and then like set the expectation with your spouse, like talk about it and make sure that you both are on the same page because I might feel like I need alone time every single night and that might be valid in some phases of life, but in others, your spouse might be struggling too and be like hey I need some alone time myself or I feel like 
we need more time together. So just make sure you're on the same page as far as balancing time together, your separate alone times, and make sure you agree. Let's move on to episode three. And our topic of today is our biggest piece of marriage advice. Ooh, what do you think it is, listener? It could be anything. So many <laughs> things it could be. Um, why I titled it that was because there was one day that I, Jaren and I were just hanging out talking and I asked him, what is your best marriage advice? If someone asked you, what's the best marriage advice that you have, what would you say? And do you remember what you said that day? Yeah, I said something along the lines of, don't be afraid to change who you are because your marriage is going to change you. No, it was something along. Do you remember? I don't remember yes. exactly. <laughs> you something did. Like that. You said, don't be afraid to change who you are because marriage will slash should change you as you grow into it. That's what I meant. And I think that is a really good point. And if you refuse to grow with your marriage, you're going to have problems. And so you said, don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid to grow. And I think that's really good. As an individual, grow as an individual in your marriage. Like, don't be afraid to let go of your personal things and learn to be in the marriage together. Mm -hmm. Do the things together. Have together things rather than only having separate things. The growth can look like a lot of different ways. But yes, just allowing yourself to change your mind yeah. and change as a person because now it's not only about you there's another person in play you vowed to th consider them and think of them and do this life with them so now your wants are going to have to be pushed aside so it is only going to work if you're able to change and compromise do you think that it's difficult for people to allow themselves to change i think it's a mindset maybe this is what my mind goes to, I think it's a mindset of changing or not changing. I know people who don't want to change at all. Mm -hmm. Like they, they are fine how they are and they don't want to change. But then I know other people who are, they're willing to change, but it's not like they're just willing to accept anything that blows their way. You know, mm -hmm. it's like they're open to hear a good idea. And if something makes sense, then they'll change for it. They'll grow if it makes sense to them. Being open to the change. Yeah. Not necessarily changing your mind every single time you hear something, but being open to it every time you hear something. Yeah, like if... And then decide. If your spouse comes to you with a great idea about how you should maybe not be so reactive when your kids disobey what or... What a great idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. Then like you should hear that and say, you know what, that's probably a good idea rather than holding on to your desire to have control or desire to be right in the situation with your kids or what have you. So I think it can be hard because that takes a lot of humility and vulnerability to kind of like put your pride down and allow yourself to not always be right in everything. Yeah, that's something you really can't have in a marriage. It seems like is pride, like I'm right Deadly all the time. Sin. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Like, you need a good, strong dose of humility. Mm -hmm. You need to be a little humble and realize, I mean, you don't know everything. That goes with every aspect of life, too. Like, in work, with parenting, in marriage, with friends, 
on social media, like everything, you don't know everything. The sooner you realize what you're doing right now could be not what you're doing in a year, mm-hmm. the better, more better off you are. Be- yeah. Because you, you might change your mind. You might learn. You might grow. And what you are posting now or what you're instilling into your kids, if you're so passionate and so hard about it, change your mind later it's you're gonna kind of get you know egg on your face yeah which it's good to change your mind we're not saying that that's not good it's good to grow and consistently change your mind what we're saying is it's not good to be so against change and so like prideful with what you believe right now because it's so right and that you're unwilling to change on it yeah that you end up eating it later in life when you like grow a little bit and you're like you know what i was kind of immature back then wasn't a really good dad. You know, I was kind of like really harsh with my kids. Just be open to changing. Be open. Just have a little bit of humility and say, you know what? I could totally be wrong about this. I don't know. This is what I think is right right now, but I could be wrong. I think it's having that dialogue that's really important. It's okay to have really strong beliefs and have strong passions about things, but just that dialogue of this is what I believe, this is what I think. But there is a lot that I don't know. And so be open to change is kind of circling back like what we were originally talking about. It doesn't mean necessarily that you are going to change, but you should, your dialogue should be open to it, especially in a marriage, in these difficult conversations when you're not necessarily agreeing. Don't be so defensive of your ideas. Be open to change, even if you don't ultimately change your mind. All right, so let's move to the next question. What is the key to making sure you're growing together versus growing apart? That's a good thought. How can you make sure you're doing the right thing? What do you think? Um, Well, I have a few points, but my first is to admit your shortcomings, which kind of goes hand in hand with what we were just talking about, Um, that humility piece. Be quick to point out when you're in the wrong, especially once you notice that maybe you were wrong about something in a conversation with your spouse. Be really quick to turn around and point that out. You have to be vulnerable enough to show and admit when you are wrong. It takes a lot of humility, but doing so then makes the other person feel safe to also admit their shortcomings and also feel vulnerable and also be humble. It just creates like a really safe place for your marriage for you to open up and just show those areas where, hey, I wasn't right about this. I thought that I was, but I changed my mind. And it takes a lot of humility to do that, kind of like what we were just saying. Our pride kind of doesn't want us to admit those things when we change, but you have to be willing to admit it if you're going to grow together. You have to be able to just be yourselves and when you have different thoughts, be honest about them. Which also brings me to my next point of fostering emotional safety in your marriage, which I think is very, very important. I feel like we could do a whole episode on emotional safety, but I will touch on it. What do you mean by emotional safety? What does that look like to you? And what does that look like in a marriage? So I think emotional safety is creating a safe place for your spouse to admit their shortcomings. 
Hmm. Sometimes we, you know, we had the point of admitting your shortcomings and we kind of put it on the one person to be vulnerable and be honest and own up. But if the other person is not a safe place to open up to, it's going to be really challenging. Yeah. You don't want to open up to someone who is going to get offended right. by your change of mind or you just bringing it up again. Yeah. So I think kind of being on the opposite end, if your spouse is admitting their shortcomings or they are telling you where maybe they were wrong, sometimes quality listening is a really strong form of fostering safety in a marriage. We don't always need to give super strong opinions. Sometimes creating space for the other person and just giving your full attention, validating their feelings is a lot more valuable to your connection than anything that you could say, especially when you have differing viewpoints and maybe your spouse is opening up about a differing viewpoint that they have rather than jumping in and getting defensive of your own viewpoint. Sometimes you can just validate their thought process. There are times that I can see Jaren's thought process to where he got to where he is, but I don't necessarily agree with the end result of what he thinks. And rather than saying, I think that end result is wrong, I don't believe we should do that with our kids, rather than getting defensive and wanting to defend how I maybe want a parent or whatever the topic may be, just validate them. If you can understand where they're coming from, make sure that they know that. Speak in that language rather than defending your own. Just sometimes it's just listening and that creates emotional safety. Yeah, you don't always have to give your opinion when your spouse is talking to you. They're not always wanting your opinion. Sometimes they need to work something out with you work through something with you and you just need to listen sometimes you will figure it out yourself that you're wrong i've done that many times been like confused about something and come to you as a safe space to just like verbally work through it by the time i've got to the end of what i'm saying Mm -hmm. i'm like okay i understand now why i was confused because i had an ear to give it to you know i had someone to give it to so it helped. But if every time that you came to me trying to work through something or talk through something that I kind of disagreed with and I just shot you down every time or said, I don't think that's right. You shouldn't think that way. This is how I think about it. That is doing the opposite of creating safety. That is saying to the other person, okay, this is not a safe place to open up my thoughts to. They're going to shoot me in the foot every time. Right. Yeah, we could definitely do a whole podcast episode on this. Yes. (laughs) On this whole point, we could talk about it for a long time and how important it is. So just as the other person who is listening to your spouse open up, listening to your spouse maybe apologize or talk about a new idea that they've been thinking about, just remember that the way that you speak either builds them up or it tears them down and make sure that you are speaking in a language that is building them up or just creating a safe space by listening to them and validating their thoughts and letting them work through it. So my third point um, is to make goals together and learn together. We used to listen to marriage podcasts a lot together 
because marriage was something that was interesting to both of us and so we would do that together we would talk about it together we would read books um maybe you do a devotional together maybe you're really into learning about being a better parent right now read a parenting book together yeah or nutrition we got really into food and stuff and we would listen to podcasts on holistic eating and stuff like that yeah so it can even be a hobby yeah um if there's a hobby that you both have dig into it together don't just kind of like go your separate ways and learn about it separately that's something that's really going to grow you together if you find those common interests or even those big family goals that you have and dig into those as a unit not separately and then my last point is consistent communication especially when you start changing or feeling differently about something. There have been many times where I have started changing my mind about something. I have changed so much throughout marriage. I've changed my mind on parenting ideas. We've changed on the way that we eat, the way that maybe we want to schedule our lives. There's been a lot of change and growth. And if I kept that to myself every time I felt like I needed change. It would create a barrier between us. For instance, if I decided that I need to, I need more alone time. Let's say that I am noticing that the kids are really eating away at me and I need to start putting alone time as a priority in my life and that's something that I'm stewing on and I've just been thinking about that I need to make a change something as small as that if I don't communicate that with my spouse and talk through it with them they're not going to understand why all of a sudden I'm pulling away why all of a sudden I'm becoming distant so even those little tiny things that you think don't seem like a big deal it is a big deal when you don't communicate it. So then especially the big things, when you change your mind on how you want to parent or you change your mind on how you want to eat, um, how you're going to start cooking dinners, you know, that affects everyone. So it's really, really important to consistently communicate the things where you are growing and changing because if you just keep changing and you're not communicating with them about that, they, they're not going to know who you are when you, even if you decide... I want to be healthier and I'm going to start walking every day. That might not seem like something that like your spouse needs to know, but it is something that can grow you together when they just hear your reasonings why you're doing things. Just listening to your thought process and getting into your mind a little bit and what you're thinking. Those are all things that grow you together. So consistent communication is super important about small things and big things. And then I think too, sometimes when we avoid communication, it's because we know there's a conversation that needs to be had and we know maybe we feel different than our spouse and it's kind of like this elephant in the room, but we don't really want to deal with it because it's uncomfortable. So we just kind of like avoid it. That's not good. Avoidance will not solve any problem. It will only make the problem grow. The only thing that will solve the problem is a calm and healthy conversation. Mm -hmm. So communication is just super important, important about everything. I'm not sure if you can over communicate unless you're like intentionally spilling every single thought to be like sarcastic. Then like, <laughs> obviously sarcasm doesn't help, but 
you can't really tell your spouse enough of what about yourself. You can't tell them enough of your new thoughts or how you're changing. If you truly want to be one and be a single unit, that is how you're going to get there. It's a part of it. Yeah, for sure. So what are some specific times in our marriage that we have allowed ourselves to change when it was uncomfortable? Maybe we didn't want to do it. What are some specific ways that we've changed? Okay. I'm going to bring up one about parenting because parenting is like your biggest mission. Our Parenting is our biggest mission as a married couple right now. So like it might seem like we go to parenting a lot, but that's what we, we discuss ha- that a lot. <laughs> we have to talk about that every time, every day. So one time I needed to change because I was being too harsh with the kids when I think we only had two kids at the time and I was really harsh on the oldest and the youngest one was at the age where you like can't really be harsh with them because they don't understand but like everything they do kind of annoys you (laughs) like sets you off like they don't know anything so like they always push every button Mm -hmm. unintentionally so like that got me triggered and then the oldest one was like learning how to do things anyways i switched with you i was the hard one the disciplinary i guess if you would and you were the more emotional mom empathetic naturally naturally. that's what we were were doing and we switched i would not do any disciplining or getting onto them at all all i would do is come home and just hug them and shower them with words of affection and you know pick them up and play with them a lot and do nothing negative at all and then you would have to be the snap at them (laughs) you did i did too that was sarcasm oh (laughs) (laughs) you never use sarcasm so i did not pick up on that wow um but yeah i allowed myself to change for me honestly that was easier because i just wasn't stressing about all the small things that all my buttons that were being pushed by the kids i just turned them all off so i couldn't have my buttons pushed anymore (laughs) and i just got to play with them that was really easy for me it wasn't super uncomfortable but you made a conscious intentional decision to say I'm going to turn this completely off, this disciplinary person, because clearly I'm struggling with that and I'm not doing it correctly. And my kids were starting to hate me. So I need a boundary and I'm not going to do this for a while. I'm going to practice showing love until I can discipline out of love. Yeah. And so I think that's why maybe it was easy, quote, for you, because you recognized, you admitted a shortcoming, you recognized that it was an area that needed changed. You made an intentional decision to do something about it rather than just be like, "Uh, yeah, I'm not very good at this. Yeah. When you come home every day and your three-year-old cries when you walk through the door (laughs) because they don't want to be around you, time to make a change. (laughs) To your defense, I also was, I struggled on the opposite end for sure as well, which is kind of why we did this. I was overly empathetic yeah i over identified with their feelings i could not set boundaries with them i couldn't discipline them at all so we noticed that struggled in these opposite ways so we were going to switch roles to practice doing the other thing because both are important and we both need to be able to do both of those things correct so we swapped roles to practice the thing that we were not very good at yeah yeah i think that's a good example So what about you? That's kind of something I 
went through i guess we kind of both went through that but do you have one that was more specific toward you like yeah personally um I don't know if we have touched on this in the podcast, but a lot of people know that I used to really struggle with anxiety um, to the point that it was, I had crippling anxiety. I was non-functioning. This was when Jaren and I were dating, even into our beginning phase of marriage a little bit. I really, really struggled. It was something that I knew how to get out of it i knew what made my anxiety worse but the things i needed to do to get out of it were extremely uncomfortable when you have anxiety everything that you want to do is to just shut the world off and stay home and do nothing and that feels comfortable in the moment long term it does not help your problem and so jaren being the man that he is he's very much the opposite of me I have these huge feelings he was a lot more logical he really helped me and encouraged me to think a little bit more logically and use the logical part of my brain rather than giving into my feelings every single day and I don't know if I could have done it without his encouragement and just keeping me grounded and speaking truth over me versus the irrational feelings that I was feeling Um, I don't know if I could have done it without that, but that really helped me recognize what I needed to do to help my anxiety. Um, And caveat, not everyone can just do things to make them not anxious. Obviously, there's some anxiety cases that need other remedies than just making changes in your life. Um, Varying degrees of Yes, yes. But I did know the things that were triggering my anxiety and making it worse. I knew what I needed to do, but it was really uncomfortable. I didn't want to get out of the house. I didn't want to make the phone call. You know, all these things that seem like such a big deal when you have anxiety. But Jaren just speaking truth over me and like encouraging me, telling me I can do it, telling me, asking me what's the worst thing that could possibly happen if I do this thing, you know, just speaking truth and logic that was very helpful to me but I had to make the choice to do that he could sit there and encourage me and tell me to take care of myself all day long but if I never chose to actually step into that and choose that for myself I would have went nowhere and I would still be stuck in that crippling anxiety today and I'm so thankful that I didn't make that choice but I saw where Jaren was and I wanted a better life for myself and I saw people who didn't deal with this and who were a lot more functioning than me and who had a lot more confidence than me and I wanted that and I wanted that more than the discomfort in the moment of getting out of the house or getting out of bed or just the small things but you have to you have to choose it. Yeah, I mean, I saw you take strides to get through that. Once you noticed where you were and then you saw where you wanted to be, you were like on a mission. You were getting there. You weren't, you were like, okay, yeah, the other people around me aren't this way. What can I do to get out of that and be like this, not deal with this anxiety? And you like killed it. Not to say it's all 100% gone because like you might still struggle with it, but like, from where you were to where you are now, you've came so far. And I'm very proud of you for that. That's a very big accomplishment. So thank you, babe. 
Good job. That's sweet. <laughs> but yeah, you have to want the outcome of the change more than you want the comfort of staying the same. That's hard to do. But those are some specific ways that we have kind of chosen to change and grow even though it was uncomfortable for us and we didn't want to admit that we had these issues and it was challenging in the beginning but once you admit it once you realize this is something i need to change if your spouse can be that safe place for you to grow it is such a beautiful thing to grow with your spouse and them cheer you on and do it as a team you know they're your teammate, so it should feel like a safe place to grow and change. Absolutely. I feel like we change so much. Um, I feel like every few years, we just morph into completely different human beings, and that's something that I really love about us, and I really feel like we do well. And so I love that that's our biggest piece of marriage advice, because I feel like that's something that we um, do well. Yeah, I think in our 20s, definitely, we have felt like every other couple of years, we were changing a lot. We were kind of getting, we were just learning about life. We were in our 20s, you know, now we have three kids and we've had two houses and we live out in the country and, you know, we're learning about life still. And I feel like at some point you will maybe not stop changing, but like maybe your change won't be so drastic. Maybe like in our 30s is kind of what I'm thinking. Maybe we'll just, we don't plan on, yeah, let's (laughs) chill. Um, We plan on, we don't plan on moving or buying another house or doing any other big life change. Maybe we can not change so much in our outside world, you know, the moving or kids or stuff like that. But like physical change. Yeah. The physical change rather than maybe our changes now can be internal internal yeah spiritual or even like i mean you're always changing because your kids are always changing Mm -hmm. they need different parents you know your three-year-old needs a different parent than your seven-year-old needs so like that's what i hope to focus on is growing in that area yeah i think we will do well i think we both are willing to admit that we don't have it all figured out and so we really rely on each other's strengths and allow it to push us towards growth. So I think growth is something that we'll always see in each other, whether it's small and just as we're growing with age or big things. So one thing I will end on is this quote. Um, It says, if two people will say, I am going to treat my self-centeredness as the biggest problem in my marriage, you will have a great one. That's great. Yeah caring about yourself and your needs um, before your spouse, before your family is kind of a problem. (laughs) You know, you're like, that's very, you know, that's definitely a theme in the Bible is Mm -hmm. taking care of other people and not being selfish. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Just constantly being on the lookout for that because it is something that's just kind of always there. You're always thinking about yourself. Yeah. Not to say you can't take care of yourself. Like, self-centeredness and self-care are different you know we talked a lot about having alone time time Mm -hmm. to recharge stuff like that that is normal but like selfishly putting your needs above your spouses and above your families not cool well i think we touched on that in the alone time making sure that you both agree um being on the same page before you just say i need 
five hours of alone time tonight, you know, yeah. <laughs> or whatever it might be. Exactly. That might be, you might be teetering on the self-centeredness <laughs> at that point. Right. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We are really hoping that you guys are enjoying it. Um, if you are, make sure you rate us, give us a review, um, subscribe. That all helps boost our algorithms in the podcast apps. So we would really appreciate it. We hope that this is helping you have some good conversations in your marriages. Yeah podcast apps algorithms all that stuff <laughs> sounds good the question for next week is about arguing is arguing normal if so what makes healthy versus unhealthy arguing so we will discuss that at the beginning of next week's episode we will see you then see you then